Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for giving of your time today. You can always find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Look for us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, you know, pretty much anywhere that you find anything music or podcast related. You can find us, like us on Facebook as well, add us there. We would love to communicate, hear from you wherever you are in the world. You can do so at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com in case you do not know. Um, Look, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus actually quite a lengthy one. We have been away for eight, nine days um, doing Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, and we did maybe one recording right on the front end of um, Tabernacles and then have done nothing at all as far as recordings go since. And so I, I made that clear to anyone who listens that, that we were going to be taking a break. I posted it on the website as well, um, on the Facebook page. And so now here we are on the other side. We had um, a couple families from out of state um, that kind of we officially met during Tabernacles come to the house. And so it kind of prolonged a couple extra days that was unforeseen. And so here we are today. Um, we are halfway through the month of October already. Somehow we are... Fast forwarding to the end of the calendar year 2020, how are you doing? Literally, how are you? <laughs> how are things in your life spiritually? Are you thriving? All right, let me ask you this question. This just pops into my head. Whatever your heart's posture was at the beginning of this calendar year, how are you doing according to things that maybe you hoped you would be, hoped you would be doing, hoped that you would have left behind by this point in the year? Listen, now is the time to tend to these things that we as humanity continue to put off and put into the future and maybe tomorrow and maybe the next day and maybe the next day. And it could be how you parent your children, how you love your wife, how you treat your employees, how you look at and address yourself. It could be any number of things as men in the likeness of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus, in the process of sanctification, day after day after day after day, moving more and more into the image of the Son. And so today, this is just kind of what's on my heart, I'll be honest. I've still got so many teachings that are are bound to be multiple parts of series um, that I just don't presently have the time. I've not really worked. I've worked one day in 11 (laughs) as far as my real life income job and so i've got to get to work and so those things cannot be today but my goodness i've been i've been uh out of town we'll say according to the podcast and 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 new episodes so i've got to sit down today now i will add that if you're one of those um, people that have have donated to this podcast thank you bless you um right now i'm using this microphone that i've been talking about You can definitely tell a difference from when I'm using a handheld recorder as I drive drive down the road versus sitting here in my little makeshift studio. And I continue to be blessed every time I plug this equipment up and sit down in front of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for anyone who felt compelled for whatever reason to help us make this program a little bit better, a little bit more professional and hopefully more accessible for anyone in the future that will come in 
to giving themselves to the best that they know how, joining alongside us as we figure out what we're even doing to what? Rediscover the ancient way. Listen, here's something that's just on the, the surface of my heart right now, and I just want to speak to it for a few moments. And uh, I'm just going to be honest, this is, this is a very sit-down-and-fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants recording. Um, I have nothing at all written. I have nothing at all really um, prepared whatsoever. Um, I knew I wanted to do an episode today that's not based out of anything I've been studying, but just, you know what, what is the Spirit saying in this hour? And friends, I'm very, I'm very confident that this is a component of the greater whole of the many things that, that the Father, the Creator, the, the Most High, Elohim of all Elohims is speaking to anyone who would listen in this hour. And this is very precise for people that are within the body of Messiah, the people of God. Right here in the here and now in 2020, and whatever it looks like for you and your household, it's going to look different for most of us, whether we're in a small home gathering or whether we are feeling isolated and alone or whether we are in a large gathering um, where there are hundreds of people. Whatever it looks like for you, we have to know what the Spirit is saying to us individually, to our households, and to the corporate body. I am so primed and ready to sit down and start looking at biblical patterns. I'm hoping to do this um, with some more uh, funneled uh, tension and energy to begin to possibly unpack all of the biblical, well, like you couldn't do all, many of the biblical examples of showing us this pattern that I came across um, when I was looking at the Yom Kippur stuff about the understanding of the priesthood and the connection from the New Testament priesthood understanding of the, hoi, of the royal priesthood and comparing that to the priesthood of the Old Testament. When there was a physical building where Yahweh Elohim dwelled, okay? And so, as I'm always saying, it, it, it doesn't bear repeating again. There's no time for that today. Um, and we don't, we cannot properly understand Yeshua, Messiah, the highest king of all kings, leaving his lofty estate and becoming mere man and fulfilling the great high priest role. We cannot understand all that he accomplished unless we understand the functions of the first high priest, those who were in the priesthood. And so these are things we must give ourselves to understand so that we know who we are. Now that leads us right into what I want to talk about today. This, this is so awesome when these things happen. Um, holy happenstance, I heard somebody say one time, which is maybe a little bit super spiritual, but true nonetheless. And so let's go to Exodus chapter 32. Um, and what I want to talk about for a few moments is the proper understanding and posture of our heart that when correction comes, when questions come, when anything comes to us that our very first natural instinct is self-defense, offense, and rebuttal, I think it would do us all good. Again, those in the body of Messiah, outside of the Spirit of God, you cannot do this. Otherwise, you're just a man trying to be restrained, you're trying to restrain the flesh man with the flesh man, 
You understand what I mean? You cannot do it. You can't effectively do it in the spirit of love that is from the heart of the Father through any man that allows us, any one of us, who are truly regenerated, born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit, to be literally Christ men now. Only then are we rightly empowered to walk in all the attributes of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. We, we don't have time to talk about those, of course, but self-control and, and, and all the things underneath the umbrella that that is, we cannot be those men unless the Spirit of God is flowing in, through, around, immersing us in everything that opposes our natural man resistance and response. And so I'm seeing this just kind of all around me in, in my, my little circle of life here in my small sphere of, of humanity on this speck of earth where I live, I'm just seeing this, this kind of back and forth, back and forth swelling entity that is men striving to live alongside other men in humility submitted to Yahweh God himself. He is the absolute authority. Now, I will say this, and, and if you listen to the program, you don't need this told to you, but Years ago, the Lord redeemed my understanding of proper authority. Many people who walk the journey that I have been on, which is very normal, where you get burned at church, authority misuses their, their authority, whether, whether it was God-given and just tainted, or whether it was just only through the doctrines and traditions and denominations of men. However they got there, they abused a, a position and they abused a function, and therefore we wash our hands of, of all authority, and we walk out, we're our own men. I have one great high priest. Well, of course, yes. But there is still God-ordained functions for men, mere men called to operate in certain places, certain positions, and certain authority. I don't know why that's such a hard thing, other than we are a stubborn humanity who do not want to submit our wills to mere men, and I say this all the time, I've been saying it for years, if we cannot submit ourselves to men, we will never submit ourselves to an unseen God. If you cannot submit to a brother who is just like you in flesh and blood and sits beside you or across a table from you and brings you correction, a mere man, how in the world do we truly submit to an unseen God who's seated high in the heavenlies in absolute perfection? I think there's a little bit of a breakdown of how we understand authority and how it makes its way down into flawed vessels of clay like you and I. Exodus chapter 32. We know the story. Um, the golden calf is, is being made. Uh, Moses goes up to the mountain and the people are assembling and they, they, they surround Aaron. <laughs> okay, and this is the connection. Aaron, the first high priest, obviously a godly man, a consecrated man, um, um, Chosen by Yahweh God to fulfill a function, a pretty awesome function, right? We talked about him in the Yom Kippur high priest teaching, the three-part teaching. Go listen to that or find it on YouTube if you have not as of yet. And so these people come around Aaron and they say, come and make gods for us that will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know where he's even gone. He's left us. He's abandoned us. He's not here and he's not doing his job. Help us. We need something else. Aaron said to them, all these things we won't get into. We know the story. 
The account goes on. They melt down the rings, um, the, the earrings and all these different things. They tear off gold rings and they bring them all to Aaron. Um, things from their hand. Um, and they fashioned it with tools and they made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God. O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And Aaron saw this and he built an altar before it. And it gets crazy, right? It gets crazy. All of us would rightly want to grab Aaron if we could travel back through time and in our elitist understanding that we would never do such a thing. Let us go back in time and teach Aaron something, right? Let's just be honest. We do the same thing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the disciples and, and anyone who ever did anything in the Bible wrong. We say, how could they do such a thing? Don't we do that? All of us are guilty of doing that. You hear sermons about it all the time. How could they be so foolish or so arrogant or so full of themselves? They didn't even know the Messiah. And he was right across the room from them. Friends, we are no different. We are no better. And that's the crux of what I want to talk about for a few moments. Aaron. We're not really told much information about this circumstance as far as like you would think that he would have had a more explained struggle with what was being presented to him. He, you would think that he would, even if he gave in and did what was requested, you would think that Aaron would have had the strength and the oomph to say, you know what? No way, no how. We are not doing this. Don't you know what's going on here? I will be no part of it. I am standing in, if you will, for Moses. I am not going to allow this to take place. But all we're told simply, they request it. They say Moses is gone. Aaron seemingly says, Okay, you've got a good point. Maybe he's not coming back. And next thing you know, boom, a golden calf is there, and he's building an altar unto Yahweh before it. It's a, it's a ridiculous proposition, I believe. So they do all these things. They make all these proclamations about a feast unto the Lord. Um, of course, Moses comes. The, Yahweh tells Moses, look, man, you've got, a big, you've got to get back down there. there things are going crazy. Um, the Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They've defiled themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They've made for themselves a molten calf and worshiped it and have sacrificed to it. And then he goes on to say all this. They are an obstinate people. Oh boy, aren't we glad we're not like that anymore? I mean, let's be honest. That's how most of the church talks, even if they don't realize it, much of the verbiage and rhetoric is that we are now somehow better. God's elite people. We know Torah. We know how to do church. We know how to do this. We know how to do ministry. We know how to prophesy. We know the oracles of God. And friends, I'm just telling you, we had better be careful from the top down that we are not a stiff-necked, obstinate people who believe we know better. And so here I want to just kind of set the table for just a mere few minutes, just about a couple principles within this that I believe is a warning to the body of Messiah for anyone who would listen. And again, this is for leadership, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists. And this is for what we would call laymen, people who, eh, I just don't really know who I am or I don't know what I do. I don't know what I'm called to. I set up tables and I serve in the nursery 
you know, there's no exclusion here. And then there's, of course, the middle ground, which I fall into, which is I have a function. I have a God-ordained function and purpose. I know what it is, but I'm not here to prove it. And I'm not here seeking for a position and a function or my name on anything. I don't want that in, in the million years. But you know what? I know why I'm here. Well, we're all in this boat together, if you will, this boat of the body with multiple members trying to learn how in the world to function and bring glory to the name of Yahweh Most High. And so I would say there's a warning that, that the Spirit is saying, and that again, I'm just confident, and I just put it out there for you to at least ponder and wonder if this might be true and if you have seen it or missed it or are seeing it presently already in your life in your assembly, in the gathering of believers that hopefully, hopefully you are within, or maybe just check your heart and, and see what God might speak to you. So Aaron here, I would say surprisingly, is easily swayed. He's, he's the, he is the stand-in leader, if you will. Moses, the, the Christ-esque figure, has ascended to the, to the holy hill. He is communing with the Father and and. God himself is speaking to Moses and, oh, 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 wait just a minute, Moses. Time out. You got to go. And so he descends and finds Aaron leading the people, which is not really leading. He's being led by the majority. And that's the crux of what I want to say. He was, he was seemingly easily swayed by the congregation. Because again, the, the verbiage is the people assembled about Aaron and they told him what to do. They told him what to do by influence and manipulation. They wanted to create a circumstance. They came up with the circumstance. They told him, this is what you need to do for us. And let's just be honest. Because Aaron was swayable, he was swayed. He took on a role that was not what he was to do. And he executed the will of the people instead of the will of God. And, and, and what I want to talk about is the fact that if we're not careful, any one of us can be swayed by the multitudes. And let's, let's just be clear. We can be swayed outside of the will of the Father by those within the congregation. Now, we've got to be careful with this. And, and, and what I want to make clear is that we have to all be careful, every single one of us, again, from the top to the bottom, what we call top and what we define as bottom, when really there's not. There's a, pu- a plurality, and it would take time to unpack biblical authority. And we've talked about that before, but it's not going to be today. But what I'm saying is we have to be of constant alert and awareness and absolute soberness to be careful that we ourselves are not improperly influenced by numbers, voices, multitudes. And we cannot be convinced that that just because we're outnumbered a thousand to one, that the thousand are correct. Now, how do we hold this carefully in any place that we are? We have got to know what the Spirit is saying. We individually must know what the Spirit of the living God is saying to me. Now, I take that. I, I, I meditate on it. I, I do whatever we all do individually to make sure I'm hearing rightly. I deny myself. 
I, I live with clean hands and a pure heart with a clear conscience before the Lord. I boldly approach his throne. I am ready to admit my wrongs. I'm ready to confess and repent and turn and turn again. And thereby, I feel like I'm given a proper clarity of, of understanding about what I hear the Spirit of the living God saying. And hopefully we are in a place in the midst of an assembly where that voice is valued and given its proper place. I'm just going to say, I don't know where that is. Until you are exalted to leadership, most assemblies, you just be quiet. I mean, I don't know how how to do that. I'm just being, I am openly putting that out there. That is my struggle. I don't know where in the world you go where there's where there is actual authority rightly in place who is entrusted to oversee the assembly, yet is still soft and tender to the word of the Lord coming through the priesthood of believers. Boy, boy, if somebody can tell me where that exists in perfection, get me a plane ticket. I'll be there in an hour. And But we're in the not yet. We're in many of the not yet realities. Of course, I understand that. And it's good for us to all add to our lives patience and endurance as we go along. Now, I want to jump into, um, we're going to go all the way to the other side of the book, and we're going to go to Galatians. Um, it's nice to actually have my Bible out here. Um, Paul is talking. Of course, he's always being accused of this and that and the other. And um, talks about men preaching the gospel that is in opposition to what they've already been told. And he says in 1, um, verse 10, For I am now seeking the favor of men. For excuse me, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? So let's just stop right there. And this is a question for anyone again. If you are a pastor, teacher, leader, evangelist, someone who's in a position, in a function where people look at you, whether it's five or 500, friend, please listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what Paul is saying. Think about Aaron's being influenced by the murmurers and murmurings and expectations of the majority. And let's just be honest. Like, if we are dealing with a, a, a people, and again, I said this in an episode the other day about Echad and the understanding of the one man, okay? That I understand is yet before us, but I believe there's something more for us to be moving towards in greater measure and greater increment in between the now and the not yet, towards the one-man reality where men are truly submitted to one another and entrusting the Spirit. Now, this is dangerous. If you've ever been in any place of authority, holy cow, is this dangerous. Because when you do that, especially as a leader overseer, you've got to sit back, you've got to be aware, you've got to be discerning, you've got to be mature, and you've got to trust the Spirit of the Lord to guide other people. Friends, if you've never had this place, raise your hands right now and thank the Lord that's never been you. It is so hard to be in any place of authority with other people and you want so badly for people to truly be led by the Spirit of God and then little Susie pipes up and says something about a dragon coming out from under the earth and breathing fire on the church because... An angel told her to tell us that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's just, I just obviously grabbed that out. That has not happened to me. Thank the Lord. Um, but you know what I'm saying? We have to rightly balance that. A lot of people look at authority and they say, man, you should just do this and you should just do that. And if you only did this, it is a tremendous responsibility. Aaron caved 
under the pressure of people saying, you do this now. And what I feel is very needed right now in the body of Messiah, right now in this age, which is such a pivotal pivotal time for the church to find her identity and find her place and her order and her functions, men in positions of authority had better be careful that they are not just assuming the worst and squashing the spirit of God speaking the oracles the oracles of Yahweh Elohim through other people. A lot of times, and this is where I started back talking about offense and we'll just dumb it down and make it simple, thinking the worst when someone brings something to us or assuming that's a this or assuming that they mean that, assuming the worst well, they're just out to get me, and they're just out to slander me, and they're just out to stir up strife. I want us all, and I will be first in line for us in Messiah to get to a place where the first time something comes to us that we do not like to hear, and even dare we say, think is impossible, that there is no way, no how what you're telling me right now is true, I say, okay, brother, I will pray about that. Thank you for telling me. If it's done right now, and it can be, it can come a million different ways, it does not allow that to happen. But when that's done in order and a brother goes to a brother, no matter whether we call it up or down in the order of authority, I don't care which way it is. If it's done properly in humility for the good of the individual and for the good of the corporate body, then yes and amen. We should say, you know what, I'm going to listen to what you're saying because I believe that you have a voice and you can speak the word of God to me that I may not even know I need. I may not even see it. Have we not all experienced that? If we're truly humble men, have we not been corrected? Have we not had correction come to us and something in us, our humanity says, no way, no how? How did you respond? That's impossible. That's the devil lying to you. Have you ever been told that when you bring a correction to someone? You're just believing the devil, brother. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. It's such a hard response. If that's ever happened to you, then you know how it is. And maybe you've been on the other end. There's no way I feel that way. There's no way I am that way that you're telling me. There's no way X is possible. You're wrong. Get out of here. I'm telling you, We had better be careful that we are not so afraid of being corrected, admonished, and pulled to the side, if done correctly, say, man, I am really concerned about this issue. Can we please talk? And grown men, grown adults have self-controlled, spirit-led disagreement. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, I... I long for that. I've seen it a little bit, but man, it's got to come in greater measure as we move towards the echad of the people of God, right? A a one-man unified endeavor. So Paul's saying, am I seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to merely please men? No. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so Paul is saying clearly in this, in this text, in this way, look, you're going to be a bondservant of men or a bondservant to the Messiah. You will not be both in this understanding of what drives us to be who we are to be and say what we are here on this earth to say. You cannot do both, brother. You're going to be a servant 
and a slave, you can't serve two masters, right? We know the biblical pattern and principle. You can't serve two masters. Your heart cannot be over here and over here equally and devoted as a bondservant to both. And so what I'm saying and what I'm promoting is that, and this is to leadership, we have got to be careful, and I'm not in leadership, man, nobody's asking me hardly anything. But if I were, this is what I would say and what I would hope would be the definition of my life. I have got to first be a servant to the Most High God. I've got to be, as Paul said, a bondservant of Christ. First and foremost, I have got to be clear before Him I cannot be swayed by my own opinion, my own vantage point, my offense, my, my response as a natural man in a flesh and blood body. I will not be guided by my emotions. I will not be offended by, by anything you bring to me because my identity is sure. And listen, brother, I will do all that I can to listen, receive, and rightly respond in humility to what you're bringing to me. I choose to humble myself before you. I choose to take the time to give my physical ear and my innermost places to what you are bringing to me right now. I will listen and God himself will speak to us. Man, I'm telling you, that is the way the church is going to go or we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We're going to be serving two masters. We're going to be like Aaron. The, The leaders will be like Aaron. Well, everybody's saying this. I've got to be a man pleaser. I can't allow this stuff to come to the camp. Let's just satisfy the masses, right? Let's just appease the masses and keep everything well and good. And then if the people are happy, we'll be fine. Well, obviously Moses comes down and that's not happening. That is not the case. It was a false assurance because that's what they're saying. We have no Moses. He's not coming back. We've got to come up with a better idea and a better plan. And so as we are servants to Christ, bond servants, in humility, when we look through the lens of being servants of the Most High, we can then rightly serve men. We can then rightly walk out as humble, abased men, prostrate on the floor before another in humility. Why? Because we are completely enveloped in every possible way that we're presently capable and wherever we are in our maturity level of our journey to be submitted to God and submitted to men. And that again, this is why this matters for everyone within the confines of the people of God, because this is true from the top down. As I keep trying to say, this is for all of us as those of us that are are, are not leaders and not men set in, in positions looking up and those who are in those positions looking down. And again, I'm using the verbiage just because that's the only way people understand. This is a horizontal issue in the sense of men in their proper functions all lifting their hands together in unison, performing their individual purposes to glorify God. And I'm telling you, if we're not careful and we walk in offense and like, I can't believe that guy said this and I can't believe that guy said that and we've got to put out a fire here and put out a fire there and put out a fire there and run that brother off and bring that brother closer, man, I'm telling you, exhaustion is sure. Exhaustion is sure. There has got to be a proper understanding of entrusting the Father to tend to his flock. Do men shepherd? Yes. Do men lead? 
Absolutely. We have got to have a functioning humanity in, in the building up of the saints, the establishing of the kingdom here on earth now as it is in heaven. Yes and amen. But I'm telling you, there needs to be some shifts in the body of the Messiah if we're going to make it. If we're going to find each other alongside one another, not kicking and screaming and fighting and wondering and offended and offended and offended and offended and offended times a million, how in the world will we ever walk as a one man? We're practicing now. I've, I've, this is a new arrival for me, and then we'll bring this to a close today. I am, I'm a guy who wants the real thing or nothing at all. It's, it's to my detriment. I want, I want it all, and I want it right now. I want the echad of God's people. I want the one man. I want the unity of the spirit. I want agreement. I want all these things that I read that I have just, I'm trying to undo my personality and my, and my zealous desires to be in their proper place. Why? So that I can survive. So that I can live. <laughs> and so that those alongside me live because I don't murder them because I'm so ridiculously offensive, strong, and zealous. And of course, to be clear, because this goes all over the world, I'm saying kill them in the sense of my intensity. I can't, and let's make it simple. I can't be around Joel. He's just too much. He's too serious. I am. I know. So how do we rightly hold our functions, hold our positions, hold our identities, submitted to men and submitted to the Father in perfect harmony, unity underneath the Lordship of the Messiah? He is the head. He is the head. There's one head. One, the great high priest, okay? So, so to bring all of this back around, let us be careful. If, we are, if any one of us are an Aaron, be careful that if 1,000 people say something is good and one says something is bad, we're simplifying, don't be so quick to write off the one. Maybe the one sees something that the 1,000 do not see. Maybe the one is an instigator. Maybe the one is a, is a leaky faucet. Possible as well. But may we not categorize so quickly in our own natural understanding because things don't line up in proportion. And to those of us who have, have this struggle with pleasing men, in the name of Yeshua Messiah, may we cast that off. The fear of men. We're afraid that if we don't fear men, we're just going to be out of line and just going to run over everybody. I don't think it has to be like that. If we're truly spirit-led men in the path of Messiah, I believe we have to start giving ourselves to the place that maybe I can be free from pleasing men and seeking the favor of men. Maybe I can truly be submitted to the Father and be clear and rightfully, in humility, speak what I hear the Spirit speaking. So friend, I just want this to be something that encourages you today. Where are you? Where are you, leader? Where are you, layman? Where are you, nursery worker, Sunday school teacher, worldwide global evangelist? Where are you? In your place. Take your place. Take your function and remember, every single function we have is under. Every single function is under. That is the, the, the corporate reality of the body of Messiah, the members within the body. Listen, man, every single member is under the head. Every single one of us starts 
under. I think that would do us well for all of us to see the, the agreement of our condition. Every single one of us start under, and we must remain there. Thank you for listening to the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Go to pathtozion.com. If you want to connect with us, if you want to join in anything that we're doing here, hey, open arms, go to pathtozion.com. Send us an email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Be blessed and tune in for the next episode. Amen.